Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who like to use a lot of words yet say nothing at all. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. Okay. Well, it's the weekend and we're doing a show. And that's why we call it the weekend show. It is Wood Talk number 344, December 2nd, 2016. Wow, we're already in December. That's nuts. Happy December. Jeez. Christmas is coming fast. Uh, on So, yeah, on today's show, we're going to talk about matching wood and hiding glue joints. And this question was inspired from Brian. He wrote in and asked, uh, I've been making large pieces of wood into smaller ones for about three years now. It's a great way to spend your time, Brian. Uh, the next thing I really want to work on is matching wood and getting better with hiding joints in glued up panels. I know you have done uh, many different videos on the subject, but I'm wondering how this is done if you, like me, are purchasing rough lumber. I know you can see the grain t- and color to a degree, but I've had no luck in getting solid matches. Uh, do you have to buy extra and hope some of them work out and others work? Oh, the reading's just not my thing these days. <laughs> Do you have to buy extra and hope some of them work out and others work on another project? So what do you say, Shannon? Well, I do think that there's something to be said about recognizing the grain in, in the rough. Um, but I, I also think that comes from looking at a lot of wood, which I do. I look at a lot of wood. I've heard that. Um, but there, <laughs> there's nothing to say that, I mean, the, the real issue is when you're at the lumber yard, you know, am I buying the right boards? Um, can, am I going to get good grain match here? And you can't really see it there. So, you know, you have to kind of learn to recognize what the color looks like, what some of the grain looks like, pick out those cathedrals, pick out any of the color and the rough, just so that you can get the boards that you know are going to be somewhat close when you um, when you land in the shop. But <clears throat> if I really need a good grain match, so for instance, like if I want to try to hide a glue line on a panel, I will grab my scrub plane, just set for a, kind of a light, light-ish cut for a scrub plane, um, and just quickly kind of scrub away that fuzzy uh, roughs on surface so that I can actually see the grain underneath. I'm not trying to flatten the board. I'm not even really removing that much material. I'm just clearing it up. Another thing you can do is just run it through the planer, like skip plane it, just yeah. so you can see what the grain looks like. You haven't taken off a, a, a any amount of wood, really, but now you can see what's going on. Um, when you're trying and then you have to ask yourself, what is it that I want to do here? Am I, am I trying to hide the glue line? Am I trying to highlight the glue line? Do I not care? You know, am I just going to paint this later or put stain on it? Um, am I, am I actually, if I'm trying to highlight it, maybe I'm doing a book match or maybe I'm going to throw some sap wood in there or whatever. Um, then the whole equation changes, right? You know, I mean, color can be kind of important, but if you're throwing sap wood in the middle of the glue line and the color is slightly different on either side of the sap line, it's probably not as noticeable. But if you're putting heartwood to heartwood and the color is different, it might be a little bit more noticeable there. So you have to kind of pay very close attention to that and, and really what it is, what what you want that statement to be. Um, let me see if I can clarify that a little bit. Um, a perfect example. I, I was working on this blanket chest with highly figured curly cherry. And I needed a wider panel and there was really no way to get to match up the curl. The curl is just too variable. You know, if you've got a riffs on board with nice straight grain, it's really easy to hide that glue line. You can hide it in amongst all the straight grain, but the curl was just so all over the place. No matter what I did, it wouldn't match up. So instead I oriented the curl so that it was actually kind of curling out from the glue line. So the glue line is painfully obvious but you kind of don't see it 
because it's hiding in plain sight because of all the curl and the pattern that was created by the curl. Right. It's the same thing that comes with a book match. You know, obviously there's a glue joint there, but nobody cares because you get that really cool visual effect that comes from it. So you've done just the opposite. You've done everything you can to not hide the glue line, um, but distract from it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it really comes down to what is it you, what is the statement you want to uh, convey with that panel? Well, and while it's really nice to have invisible joints and to have boards in a panel that kind of just flow from one to the next to create this illusion of a single wide panel, sometimes we also have to look around and ask ourselves, is this even really as necessary as we think it is? Uh, I think just by nature of the convention of putting boards together and how things are done, most people are very visually tolerant of those joints and won't even see them because they don't right. know any better. I'm um, looking around in this, uh, you know, this house is new to me. I didn't put any of this stuff here, but I look at the woodwork and I go, wow, like this door that's sitting right here. It's a frame or a, a raised panel door made of a uh, knotty alder. And I could very plainly see the three different boards and one is dark <laughs> in the middle. The two are light on the outsides. It's there, but there is no one on this planet, generally speaking, that will come in here and look at that and go, Oh, look at that awful alder door. Like look at those two hmm. joints. You know, they, they, no one's really going to see it because so many things that we have in our lives are constructed of multiple boards where no one gave a crap about whether they truly matched up or not. So I think there's a, a high degree of tolerance uh, to whether these things match up perfectly. That's not to say you should set your bar low, you know, obviously do the best you can. But even if you put a little bit of effort into grain and color matching, you're probably going to make a product that's better than what most people are used to seeing anyway. Yeah, I agree. You know, and then there's the whole color change after the fact, yeah, right? You that's know, a whole nother well, thing. The color looks off now. Well, you know, it's going to change as, as it oxidizes and as the sun hits it and everything. So yeah. you have to pay attention there, but you know, if you want to stack the cards in your favor, um, what'd you say, Matt, just use all from the same tree. <laughs> yeah. Just get a whole log sliced up and use the whole log. Yeah. That's totally so, feasible. To to a lesser degree, you know, because it'd be nice <laughs> if we could all do from the same log. Although, Matt, I'm sure you'd back me up on this. The color doesn't say consistent just because it's all on the same tree. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't. To, it it doesn't varies matter. as you go deeper or whatever. But if you have a part that you know you really want a consistent color, get it out of the same board at least. You know, I mean, yeah. you can go. We're not just limited to eight foot long boards. Most lumber yards are going to have 10, 12, even 14, 16 foot boards. So if you're making a dining table, it's like, well, it needs to be eight feet long. You know, that might be a little bit tough. But if you're making, you know, regular, regular furniture type parts where you're looking at four foot, maybe three foot long boards, um, you could probably get all the parts of that panel out of one board. And you need to make your parts list and your shopping list reflect that so yeah. that you're buying a board that's going to be specifically wide enough and long enough to get the two, three, four parts out of the panel that you need. Well, that's a good point. I think a lot of people may look at a board and say, well, oh, when they say try to get the boards, you know, your parts out of the same board, they might be thinking in terms of side by side width. And while that's great, if you can pull that off, the, I think the next best thing, well, sometimes even the better thing is to do what you're saying. You're, you're, you're getting extra boards from the length and then bringing mm. them down next to one another. And the grain should, you know, should match up pretty well. Now in the rough state though, I don't really have much in the way of tricks. I mean, that's why I overbuy. Once that stuff is in the rough state, there's color changes that take place. It's almost in a lot of cases, there's been times where I've purchased like mahogany uh, specifically where it was nearly impossible to tell what was actually under that like fuzzy layer. 
And sometimes it would be extremely dark and then you planed it down and you go, well, crap. It's like three or four shades lighter uh, under this. And this other board is a couple shades darker and I didn't think it was. So it really isn't until you do that skip planing, you know, that you can kind of see what you're dealing with or, or sand a couple of sample areas. And, you know, it, the problem is it, it comes down to money. Do you have enough budget to overbuy so that you could be a little bit more careful about which pieces go with which? Because you're not going to really know for sure until it's back in your shop. Yeah, <clears throat> but the color of the rough lumber, it will, it will generally be darker in, in general, just like, yeah. um, you know, a, a, a board with a tear out or scratches or whatever, it's going to look darker in her finish because it soaks into the end grain a lot more. So it generally will look duffer, darker in the rough, but that color, if you can find two boards that are that dark color, there's every chance that they're going to look pretty consistent once they're plain too. It's a good chance. Um, there's but not a guarantee though. I mean, I've been bitten. No, no, bitten certainly not, but a heck that. of a lot better. I mean, yeah. if there's a color difference in the rough, there will definitely be a color difference when it's plain. Yeah. There's likely um, to be some consistency there. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then some species, there's just no, <laughs> you know, all bets are off. Right. Some species is just <laughs> terrible and you have no idea what's underneath that. So, yeah. Um, you, you do your best more often than not, I'm looking at, at grain. I'm looking at the cut. I'm spending more of my time looking at the ingrain of the board than I am the actual face grain. Where are my rift sawn areas? Where are my, my cathedrals, my flat sawn areas? Where's my quartered areas? You know, cause I know if I've got a, a, a rift sawn area that's going to give me perfectly straight grain, I can get a really invisible glue joint there. Mm-hmm. So right. how much rift do I have in this board? Mm-hmm. Um, can I get, say if I'm making a panel that's 12 inches wide, can I get a six inch wide board and still use that little bit of rift I'm seeing on the ingrain? And can I use, you know, can I use another one that's going to give me wide enough board? So it's interesting. Most of the time you're looking at the ingrain, which is a whole other issue because roughs on ingrain is nearly invisible. <laughs> well, usually you, <laughs> it's see all the, messed up. you see the sawmill marks that make it look like the grains going right. one way, but the actual uh-huh. grains going the other way. Right now there is a good example. I've often said that the whole take the block plane to the lumber lumberyard thing is be careful of that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lumber yard owners I know that wouldn't be happy with that. But if you plane the end grain, that's okay. As long as you're not planing off like the sealant paint that's on the end. <laughs> In many cases you would, you know, <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like you see, like you see this advice coming from like, I don't know. I, I believe it was even like an old woodworks episode. It was one of the first ones where I saw uh, David talking about things that you should do when you're going to buy the material stuff that as I've gotten into the industry myself that I know, you know what? that would land me into some trouble. Like you walk in with your block plane and your spray bottle, you know, yeah. you, you just kind of can't do that all the time. Like unless you're friends with the, it's a small outfit and they like, you buy a lot from them and they're cool with it. You just don't go spraying this company's boards with water and planing them down with the block. Plane. Right. You know, like, like Tommy Mack, he's, on his show, he's like going over to Downs and Reader a couple times, and you know the owners out there hand selecting boards with him, and they're right. looking at all this grain. And I was like, I've had people like you write in going, I don't get that service when I go to Downs and Reader. Well, right. you don't have a camera crew with you. You're not on television, so <laughs> you're not PBS walking in there right now. You know, yeah. you're Joe Woodworker, and right now you're just taking up time with that guy <laughs> standing next to the idling forklift tapping his toe. Yeah. All right, we've dominated this conversation, Matt. You got anything to add? Ah, oh, you guys are just so good at giving all this great advice. Um, I'm with definitely with Shannon on the. You're welcome. You know what? I don't even know why I even bothered. Why are you? Why are you even on this show? What is going why on? Why are we, we even here? We didn't bring just, you just here to just to listen. Out the credits. 
And as a guy who, who saws logs for, for, you know, basically a living, you know, you got to have some thoughts on this. I do. But the problem is that a lot of the, the, the stuff we're talking about so far has been like lumber yard type of stuff of which you mm-hmm. guys know I've been to one once. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the experience that I have, I, I'll say this much. It kind of goes against Shan's day job is if you can find someone that is a small producer in your area that you can go to and you can literally get the same boards from exactly the same log. That's the way to go. Prices might probably going to be better anyway. You can, you can, they'll be like, at least I would personally, you want to come by and bring your scrub plane and your spray bottle. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Have at it. No question. I'll help you. I'll tell you all about it. Whatever. Yeah. Those smaller sawmills, those things are fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, you usually get, one guy there that, you know, he's the one that saw the log. He he actually remembers, you know, he named it Candace and has the, the flitches, the flitches numbered. And, you know, he could take you exactly to that dark, dusty corner of the barn where he saw this, this board and ought four, you know, right. and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's fantastic. But, well, you know, yeah, and I think I'm, one of the reasons that, that Matt doesn't have a whole lot to say about this is because he never really has to worry about gluing up multiple boards. If it's not it's wide true. enough, he gets a bigger tree. a water board. You know, he yeah. just goes find it goes and finds a bigger tree and he's got the full width there and it matches perfectly. So let's well, see a lot of times in my panel glue ups, they're either full of panel glue is full width. That doesn't make any sense. One board panel glue up. Um, so Better <laughs> clamp this thing down. That I usually do are they're going to be from sequential boards. So I it's really easy to get really nice, like flawless glue seams, um, either through book matching or some other kind of slip matching or even just lining up some riffs on grain from one area of one board to a same area of another board and that riffs on straight grain area, you cannot see a glue line in there because all the lines go in the same direction as the glue line. It blends right in. So I don't know. And the other thing too is as you look at more and more wood, you can really start to tell what it's going to look like underneath that rough sawn um, fluff or whatever, mm-hmm. fuzz or whatever you want to call it. Now, given depends on the way the board was sawn, how the saw was cutting that day, the cuts can be smoother than other ones. Um, circle sawn is probably the hardest one to tell because everything looks like it has figure if one of the teeth is out <laughs> yeah. because it has this wavy pattern in it already. And you're like, oh, this grain's really cool. No, it's just because it's all wavy because of the way it was cut. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is but, a disappointment uh, when that happens. It is. They're like, oh, this is going to be so cool. This green is so crazy. Yeah, it's just straight boring stuff. <laughs> easy come, easy yeah. go. <laughs> uh, but if you have something that was cut really nicely on a band thumbnail that was cutting really nicely that day, it almost is like plain to ready. So you can exactly tell what it's going to look like. Just a little bit fuzzy, not not too much. And you can really tell what the green is doing under there, how the color is going to look, and all that stuff. And if you're in that area and you're looking at two boards that kind of look like they have the same grain structure, same color, as long as it's not super, super fuzzy, you can pretty much get away with buying them based off of the looks alone. in in that case, at least depending on where you go, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, I think that just about does it. And that was a wonderful weekend show. I enjoyed myself. I hope you guys enjoyed listening and uh, Shannon, how about you give them some contact info and we can get out of here. Okay. If you want to talk to us, call us. <laughs> Just give us a call. 623-242-5180 or find us on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. We have a contact form. It's woodtalkshow.com slash contact. Go to the website, leave a comment, say stuff, write back, whatever. Whatevs. Whatever. It's fine. Whatevs. What do you want? We love hearing from you. But if you don't want to talk, that's cool too. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Don't talk to me. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And we will catch you on Monday. Oh, boy. <laughs>